to announce this, an email has gone out concerning this, but I do want to announce that uh, Arbor de Vida, Tree of Life Church, uh, Spanish ministry is going to uh, be taking place on Sunday afternoon at 2.30, and this time change uh, will be ongoing, uh, and we will be no longer having it on Saturday evening, but it will be taking place on Sunday afternoon at 2.30, and this will be, of course, a blessed time in the Lord. We thank the Lord for what he's doing in Arbol de Vida. Amen. We give God praise for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're looking into the word of the Lord tonight. I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight on the subject anointing and favor. Anointing and favor. The Bible speaks a lot about the anointing of God, and sometimes the anointing of God can can be somewhat of a mystery to people. It, can, uh, it may sound to some like uh, something that is far beyond them. Uh, we, we may put on a pedestal uh, people who we deem to be anointed. Wow, they are heavily anointed, we might say. Uh, or we might say the anointing of God really works through them. All of that is fine to say, but... It is important to understand that the anointing of God is for everybody. And it is not something that people should, uh, should shy from or feel that they do not have access to it. The anointing of the Lord is, is for his people. Uh, the anointing of God is first mentioned in the word of the Lord in relationship to uh, the anointing of the sanctuary and the anointing of the priests and the anointing of the tabernacle. Uh, these things were to be anointed with anointing oil. And the anointing oil is a unique substance found in the word of the Lord. It is, it is primarily the, the olive oil. And then, of course, there is a very specific recipe that God gave uh, to Moses as to how this anointing oil was to be prepared. And it consisted, all of it, with a breaking and with a crushing and with a splintering, if you please, of, of various materials, spices, and, uh, and seasonings. And they were cast into this substance that is the olive oil. Of course, the olive oil came from the crushing of the olive and, and this is something very unique, something that we need to understand because all of it is a reference to the ministry and to the advent, to the entrance of our Lord Jesus Christ into the earth. And when you talk about the anointing oil of the Old Testament, you are seeing a picture of the life of Jesus Christ. That olive oil is reflecting the crushing that took place at Calvary's cross. As a matter of fact, I'll go further and say that that olive oil reflects the crushing of the will of Jesus even before he was crucified. Because the act of crucif the crucifixion uh, took place uh, upon Calvary's hill of sorrow. But the, sub the submission of Jesus Christ to the act of crucifixion, that submission took place in the Garden of Gethsemane, which happened to be a garden of olives. It was an olive garden. Yes, it was an olive garden. I don't know if they had breadsticks, but it was an olive garden. <laughs> Jesus was in that garden of olives, and it was there where the Bible says that he wept so bitterly that he... He sweat and perspired as, as, as though it were with great drops of blood. Some have said that that means that his sweat literally turned to blood, and it may very well have. Some have surmised that that meant that he sweat so profusely it was as though blood were flowing. Either way, he wept bitterly in that garden of Gethsemane. And while he while he weep bitterly, he made his request known. If this cup can pass from me, let this cup pass from me. He struggled over that, this cup. Now, we've talked about the cup. What was that cup? 
That cup was the righteous indignation of God. The Old Testament refers to the cup of his wrath. That the wine, that the, the cup is full of the mixture of God's wrath. And it, it, it just sit seething and boiling and, and, and stewing over the sin of humanity. And it was going to be poured out on humanity until God came in flesh and said, I'll take the cup. And yet when God in flesh grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man and began his ministry on the earth, and healed the sick, raised the dead, opened the eyes of the blind, and operated as the Spirit of the Lord was upon him because he had anointed him to preach. As he did this, he arrived at this place of crucifixion, and he, in his humanity, said, if there's any way this can be done without the drinking of the cup, the devil tempted Jesus to try to find some other way to do it. Turn these stones into bread. He wanted to, he wanted to get Jesus to take the easy way out. And, and what we understand in this, in living for God, there is no easy way out. When you live for God, you're going to live for him 100%. When you live for God, you're going to give him everything. Listen, I want you to know, thou shalt love him with all your heart. With all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. If that's not how you're loving him, you're not loving him at all. You love him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And Jesus comes to this place and he's in his humanity begins to think, well, is there some other way? If, if there's a way that this cup can pass from me, then I, I'd like to investigate those options. But, but in that struggle... In that struggle, he said, nevertheless, and here it is. This is what's happening. Now, in that struggle, the olive, the figurative, if you please, the metaphoric, the, the, the spiritual principle of the olive was being crushed in that garden of Gethsemane. The olive was the will of the man Christ Jesus. And the will of the man Christ Jesus came under the crushing weight of God's providence and God's perfect will. And when he said, not my will be done, but thy will be done, his will was crushed and the oil from the olive came out. And that is the substance of the anointing oil. The crushed will of both Christ and his followers. The crushed will of humanity. The one of the reasons why people struggle to walk in the anointing of God is because their will is not properly and thoroughly crushed under the weight of God's divine plan and perfect will. But when you allow the crushing of your will to occur, there is no limit to what God can do in your life. You see, you hold on too much. You, you play too much. You play too many games. You hold on to your will. You hold on to the way I see it. The way that I feel about it. The way my opinion is on it. Well, my opinion is I, I don't find any place where our opinion matters. And, and, and so you can't, you can't put your opinion upon some kind of a pedestal like it matters. Well, now the way I see it, and I hear people say it all the time, I, I tell it like I see it, like that's some great virtue. That's half your problem, is that you tell it like you see it. You need to tell it like God sees it. You need to tell it the way the Holy Ghost sees it. You need to speak it from the perspective of the word of the Lord, not from the perspective of a tainted soul, from a jaded viewpoint. You come with baggage. I come with baggage. I don't trust my opinion. I don't trust my opinion. I've got to pray before I make a decision. I've got to read the word before I make a decision. I've got to seek counsel with, with godly elders and godly people before I make a decision. I, I want the Holy Ghost to operate in me and inform my decisions. If I go with my fleshly whim, it'll be the wrong thing. People will get hurt. There'll be all kind of carnage laid in, 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 the, in the wake of, of the direction that I'm going. And it's real easy to spiritualize it and say, well, since I'm anointed of God, 
then, then this is the direction that it was supposed to be. No, the anointing flows when your will is crushed. That's when the anointing flows. Not when your will is raging. Not when your flesh is raging. Your flesh is an impediment to the anointing of God flowing in your life. You, you being determined to have it your way, we got so many Frank Sinatras, so many Elvis Presleys, I did it my way. And, 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 and again, like, like that's some virtue. It's not a virtue. I'm going to tell you the virtue that saves to the uttermost is when we say, not my will. Thank God that Jesus, and Jesus was a perfect man. Jesus had no sin in him. Jesus had no baggage. Jesus had no taint to his soul. Jesus was a perfect man, a perfect high priest, a perfect substitute, a perfect lamb, and he still had to say, not my will, but thy will be done. How much more should you and I resist? This whole business of, of defending ourselves against others, defending ourselves. Think about that for just a moment. When the Bible teaches us to deny ourselves, modern Christianity teaches us to defend ourselves. Somebody comes at us and, and they, they hurl some kind of an offensive uh, statement in our direction. And what do we do? We immediately throw up our defense and explain how good we actually are. How amazing we are. How unworthy we are of that particular offensive that has come our direction. And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, why are you trying so hard to defend something that Paul said needs to die daily yourself? You've got, to, you've got to forget about worrying about those who may come against you. Let the Lord be your defense. Let the Lord be your rock. Let the Lord be your shield. Let the Lord be your shelter. Let the Lord be your refuge. And when you do this, the anointing can flow through that. The anointing of God can flow through that. And so that's the anointing of the Lord. The ingredients inside that substance of the crushed will of the Messiah, the ingredients that are cast into that anointing oil are, are the other crushed spices and other crushed ingredients. They're all crushed. There's nothing in the oil of the anointing of God that is not crushed. You can't be walking up into an anointing perfectly whole. You have to be leveled. You have to be submitted. You have to be crushed. You have to be brought down to where you are level and able to be deposited into the substance that is the crushed will of Jesus Christ. That's Listen to what Psalm 133 said. We're going to read it here. Psalm 133 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That ought to make every single one of us shout, dance, rejoice, clap, sing, give God praise. We ought to live the rest of our lives loving one another as we love ourselves. God said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You know, the antithesis of that is also true. How bad and how unpleasant it is when brethren don't dwell together in unity. You can cut the tension with a knife. It's so unpleasant. There's so many feelings. There are so many grudges. There are so many harbored feelings from years gone by, hurts, pains, woes. And, 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 and false feelings towards somebody that you need to lay down your grudge against and begin to love that neighbor as you love yourself. The Bible teaches us to do that. The Bible teaches us that you can't love God unless you love your brother. The Bible says, how can you love God whom you have not seen if you don't love your brother whom you have seen? And, and here's, what, here's the reason people have trouble loving their brother. Because you've seen them. And you know them. And you've, you've been exposed to their flaws. And, and somebody said love is blind. Love is not blind. That's not scriptural. Love, is, love has 20-20 vision. It chooses to love in spite of what it sees. 
Don't tell me love is blind. Oh, I just can't see the flaws. Real true. I'm not talking about puppy love. I'm talking about God's love. God's love has 20-20 vision. The love of God endures all things, hopes all things, believes all things, bears all things. The love of God sees the flaws. The love of God sees the problems. The love of God sees the character flaws. And the love of God loves in spite of it all. Hallelujah. That, you say, how do we dwell together in unity? People try and try and try and try to develop unity. And they fall dramatically short of it. You cannot have unity without Jesus Christ. Unity doesn't come by worldly means. The hippie movement tried to have unity. Right now, the spirit of Antichrist is trying to develop unity. There is a, there's a globalization that, that is hoping to establish some kind of a worldwide unity. They want to unify all things. And you can, listen, you can try your level best, but if you're not doing it God's way, it won't happen. Unity comes through Jesus Christ. It does not come through any other means. Unity, listen to what the scripture says, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment. It's like the precious ointment. In other words, unity occurs the same way the precious ointment is made. How is the precious ointment made? The olive is crushed, the oil comes out. All of the other ingredients are crushed and smashed and crushed and smashed and crushed and smashed. And then you gather them up and you pour them into the olive oil. And they are one in the olive oil. That's the way unity works. First, Jesus Christ says, not my will, but thy will be done. Then he is led as a lamb to the slaughter. And before his shearers like a sheep, he is dumb. He is smitten of God. He is stricken. He is afflicted. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. In his humility, his judgment was taken away. He was wounded, bruised, chastised by his stripes. We are healed. He was crushed. And that is the basis for the olive oil. That is the basis for the precious ointment. That is the premise for unity. That message. That's why Paul walked into Corinth and when he looked all around, he saw the most barbaric lifestyles, the most ungodly, abominable lifestyles happening in the church. Perversion happening in the church. Lasciviousness happening in the church. People were going every which door. The gifts of the Spirit were all out of order, all out of sync. He's looking around. He's like, where do I even start? I know where, I know where to. How do I pull this together? I know how to pull this together. I know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. If you want unity to exist, you've got to go back to the basis of what the precious ointment is all about. Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the foundation of the olive oil, the anointing oil, and that is the foundation for unity in the church. Then we are crushed. Then we are stamped. Then we are stomped. Then we are trampled by life experiences. But we do it and experience it in the grace of God under the canopy of his love and his protection hallelujah in the fellowship of his body how many understand what it feels like to go through trials and tribulations only to become better only to become stronger only to become wiser only to love your neighbor more than you did before the trial started what is God doing? He's trying to make you as fine an ingredient as he can make you so he can put you into the precious ointment. That's how unity occurs. Unity occurs when all of us say, not my will, but thy will be done. Unity isn't me bringing my, all my stuff, all my opinions, and come walking in with my big U-Haul truck of speculations and opinions, and then you bringing your U-Haul truck in, and all of us saying, well, I can live with this if you'll do without that. And if you'll get rid of that, belief I'll I'll get rid of this belief well no I can't get rid of this belief so I got to hold on to this belief and you got to hold on to that belief and that's not how unity works that's a worldly way to unity 
Unity works by every single one of us saying, Lord, I am a sinner. Have mercy on me. And being poured into the precious ointment and letting this book be the guiding light of the body of Jesus Christ. That's how it works. That's how the anointing works. And, it, and the anointing, the precious ointment, comes when we are united together and, and the unity that exists in the church of the living God is like the precious ointment. And, and when we come into unity with our brother, with our sister, the anointing of God flows. Did you know that God will, God will honor you for being in unity with your brother and your sister? God will honor you for it. God does not forget when you made the necessary sacrifices for his kingdom to advance. He doesn't forget that stuff. When you suffered, when you went through troubles, when you went through tribulations, when you had problems arise in your life, God doesn't forget the fact that you kept a good attitude and a good spirit, that you submitted your will. This is, this is the reason that we look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, because he's the one who showed us the way. Hallelujah. Now, I want to talk to you about what happens, how the anointing of God comes upon us. First of all, I want to tell you that the anointing of God is not reserved for a select few. We don't have certain anointed people in the church and then other people who are not anointed. If you're in the body of Christ, listen, there's no such thing as a Christian community in the Word of God. That's a worldly term. There's the body of Christ. If you're in the body of Christ, that means you've been baptized into the name of Jesus Christ and you've been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you were anointed with power from on high. I said when you were filled with the Holy Ghost, you were anointed with power from on high. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 teaches us that you shall receive power after that, after that, after that. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part of the earth. That is not something reserved for a select few. The whole body of Jesus Christ is to be anointed of God. The Holy Ghost is poured out upon you, and you are anointed of God to do his work. Now, when that anointing comes upon you and the Holy Ghost fills you to overflowing, then, then what begins to happen is you begin to operate in the way God has designed for you to operate. So some people, these administrative abilities begin to flourish. And for some people, musical abilities begin to flourish. And, and for some people, preaching abilities begin to flourish. And for some people, providing, providing a listening ear and a, and a, and a, 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 a time of a prayer warrior uh, activity and soul winning and, and on and on. The, the, the ministries are, are distributed severally as the Spirit of God will. But it all happens as the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Don't think that I'm up here anointed and you're out there not anointed. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you're anointed. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. You, you don't have to have a special prophet come by and lay hands on people. That's Old Testament. You are filled with the Holy Ghost, buried in the name of Jesus. The blood of Jesus Christ has covered you. You can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know why I go and pray for people? I go and pray for people because I'm in the body of Christ. I don't go and pray for people because I'm the pastor. I go and pray for people because he filled me with his spirit. And I'm in the body of Jesus Christ. And I'm anointed of God. And the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel. He's anointed me to proclaim liberty to the captive. He's anointed me to set at liberty them that are bruised. He's anointed me and he's anointed you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the, 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 the role of the body of Christ is to everybody, everybody operate in the capacity that God has anointed them to operate. And that anointing flows. Don't put any hindrance in your life to the anointing of God. We've already talked about the fact 
that unity allows the anointing of God to flow freely. But, we've, but we have, but, but we need to also point out the fact that disunity. If you are not in unity with your brother, your sister, that disunity is an impediment to the work of God in your life. You can't operate in the Holy Ghost the way God wants to operate through you if you're holding a grudge against someone in the body of Christ. So you have to, you have to, what do you have to do? You have to be, let your will be crushed. You have to let your will be crushed. You have to let your will be crushed. That is really hard to do. In fact, I'm gonna say this, you can't do it by yourself. I mean, again, let's go back. Jesus is the perfect lamb, the perfect high priest, the perfect substitute, the, the mediator between God and men. He's the advocate. He's the great I am. He's the altogether lovely. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he struggled with his will being crushed. As we come walking in here acting like we've got things all together. And, and, and Paul said, Paul, the apostle Paul, who took the gospel to all, all the world, who is, who is arguably the reason we're here tonight, because he took it beyond Jerusalem. He took it down into Ephesus and Corinth and Galatia, Philippi, Thessalonica. Paul said, I die daily. And we die whenever there's a good service, three, four months that we really pay attention and then Wow, that was good. I really needed that. Three or four months later, oh man, whew, I needed that. Six months later, nine months later, ten months later, two years later, Paul said, for me, i got to do it daily. My will has to be crushed daily. And, and here, notice what he said, I die daily. I want to go back to the whole matter of offense, how to handle offense. I die daily. You know, when we think of dying daily, it's just the way we think of it. We think of going to a prayer room, starting our day, going to a prayer room. Lord, help me today. Forgive me of anything I've done wrong. Forgive me of anything that's not like you. Open the word of God. Lord, let me, let me live like you. Let me be like you. I submit my flesh to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's start my day. Dying daily has to do with dying. Daily, it was a reference to the crucifixion of the flesh of Christ. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. And it happens daily. Jesus' crucifixion was not at his own hands, it was at the hands of others. To die daily, more times than not, involves someone lashing out at you. It involves people taking shots at you. It involves people insulting you. It involves people taking advantage of you. And, and in that moment, you could be like everybody else in your world and lash back out at them. Or you can be like Jesus and just let the blood and the water flow. Just let the blood and the water flow. Just let the blood and the water flow. Now, you, you can choose how you want to react, but I'm going to tell you what happened with Jesus 2,000 plus years later. They're still magnifying his name. They're still lifting up his name. This man made himself of no reputation. This man wasn't branding himself. He wasn't trying to create a positive image for himself. He wasn't trying to put himself out there as some celebrity. He didn't have an Instagram account. He didn't have a Twitter handle. He didn't have a brand that was easily recognizable. He made himself deliberately of no reputation and we're still praising his name to the highest heaven. I'm trying to talk to you about being crushed so you can be anointed. I'm trying to talk to you about letting your will be submitted and surrendered so you can be deposited into the precious ointment of God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It's not you who does the work. It's the Lord. It's not me who does the work. It's the Lord. It's not, it's not, it's not us who, who has the power. It's the Lord. 
The apostle Peter walked by the gate called Beautiful. The lame man looked upon him, expecting to receive something of him. And Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. He lifted him up by the hand. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He walked. He leapt. He praised God. He followed them into the temple. They went to Solomon's porch. They were hauled in for that miracle. And there was a demand of how did this happen? And Peter said, Sirs, the way that this man was made whole is not by any power that I have of myself, but it is by the power of the name of Jesus Christ that he was made whole. And while we're on the subject of the name, there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's when Peter said that, Acts 4 and 12, was in that context. Hallelujah. Peter was able to operate in the anointing that God placed upon him because Peter knew it wasn't him, it was the Lord. And you and I have to understand that. It isn't our talent. It isn't our personality. It isn't our charisma. It isn't all of our abilities. God's not interested in what we bring to the table. He's interested in what we bring to the altar. I'm telling you, if you will bring, see, we sometimes think we're doing God a favor. All right, God, I've got all this stuff. I've got all this stuff that I've developed. I'm going to bring it, and I'm going to do something for you. And God says, give it to me. I'm going to catch it on fire. I'm going to burn all of it up. And you're going to trust me. And when, 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 when it is purified by fire and refined, it's going to come back to you in a greater dimension than you ever had it before. That's the way the anointing of God works. Surrender all. I surrender all. That doesn't just mean all my guilt and all my shame and all my pain and all my problems. That means all my talents, all my abilities, all my skills, everything I think I know, all of my religious tradition, everything that I think I've got, all my, all my doctorates and masters and bachelors, whatever I got, I surrender all. You are the Lord. You are the Lord. You are the Lord of all lords. You are the king of all kings. This is how the anointing of God flows. Even Jesus. People would walk up to Jesus and they would say, man, good master. Good master, you did such a... He'd say, why are you calling me good? He would perform a miracle. And when he would perform the miracle, he would say, now make sure you don't tell anybody what I just did. Because he was not about exalting the flesh. He wanted, it to be, he wanted it to be understood in the proper context. That's how the anointing of God flows, is submission to God. And so, so God can anoint a vessel who is beautifully submitted to him. Oh, hallelujah. And not only does his anointing flow, but his favor will come upon that individual. Hallelujah. His favor will come upon that individual. Genesis chapter 39 and verse 20. Joseph's master took him, put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. Not a good place to be. That's, that, that wasn't in the dream. In the, I mean, the dream, he was all exalted and lifted up, and everybody's bowing to him. That, wait a minute, I don't remember there being a prison in his dream, but there is a prison in his, in his path. And there were prisoners that were bound, and Joseph was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord showed him mercy, and the Lord gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now, I want you to understand that the anoint, don't mistake the anointing of God for the favor of God. Don't mistake the anointing of God for the favor of God. There are people who are anointed because God anointed them. God poured out his spirit upon them. But, and, and then they operate in that anointing. But just because you operate in the anointing doesn't mean that you're pleasing God. There are many people who have memorized the actions of the anointing. And they've learned how to pretend to be anointed. 
and, and they can pretend until people believe that they have the favor of God upon their life. You measure anybody that speaks the word of God to you, you measure their words and their life according to this word, to this book. That's how you measure it. The Bible says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they be of God. A spirit can quote his word. You've got to try that spirit whether it be of God. And, and not everybody who operates with a semblance of an anointing actually walks in the favor of the Lord. And you must be careful as you seek to flow in the anointing and let the anointing work through you. You want to be careful not only that you're anointed of God, but that you have found favor with God. Now here's what we have to understand. Anointing and favor are directly tied to Jesus Christ. That's where the anointing and favor falls. The anointing and favor without Jesus Christ, the anointing and favor of God doesn't exist. The anointing and favor of God that, 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 that operated in the Old Testament operated by the faith of those people who experienced it. Moses and Joshua and Joseph, as we read, and Abraham and Isaac, they operated by faith. They received the anointing and favor. By faith in what? By faith in the Messiah. By faith in Jesus Christ. It was not an independent anointing and favor. Noah found grace in the sight of God. That means he found favor in the sight of God. Why did Noah find favor in the sight of God? Because he was a preacher of righteousness in the middle of this wicked generation. And because of that, God said, I can trust him with this building of the ark. Why did Noah build a big boat when he didn't know whether the rain would fall, he was simply going by the word of the Lord. Why? Because of his faith in the Messiah. And we have scripture for that. The Bible says, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, was moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. It all happened by faith. By faith in what? By faith in who? By faith in Jesus Christ. So the anointing and favor of God operates simply through and by the power of Jesus Christ. The same is true in the New Testament, which is where we are. We're in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, it is also true. They believed in Jesus Christ that he would come. We believe that Jesus Christ has come. But it's the same belief and it's the same faith. One is prior to Calvary. The other is after Calvary. But it's the same faith. That's why the Bible says one Lord, one faith. One is a revelation that he's coming, and one is a revelation that he came. But it's the same revelation. Oh, hallelujah. And that is where the anointing and favor of God falls. It doesn't fall on Abraham. It doesn't fall on Isaac. It doesn't fall on Noah. It doesn't fall on Paul. It doesn't fall on Peter. It doesn't fall on John. It doesn't fall on Joel or you. It falls on Jesus. And then, and then we, like a like a the ball tethered to Jesus are pulled into him by faith in him, through faith in him. We are, we are anointed because he was anointed. We have favor because he had favor. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Isaiah doesn't have a book if there's not a Jesus. Moses isn't sent down the, the river if there's not a Jesus. There is no Noah's Ark if there's not a Jesus. Let's go even further. There's not a sun, a moon, or a star if there's not Jesus. By him all things consist. You can't be anointed if you're not in Jesus Christ and of Jesus Christ and firmly planted in Jesus Christ. You don't operate in the favor of God if you're not preaching and living and believing Jesus Christ. That's what brings the favor of God. That's what brings the anointing of God. And if somebody is operating in some kind of a spiritual activity that resembles the anointing, but their faith is not in Jesus Christ, that's witchcraft. And don't you be, listen, I want you to hear me now. Saul understood what it meant to be anointed. And he was anointed. And he had the favor of God on his life as long as he was obedient to God. But when he turned his back on God, God said, my spirit has departed from him and an evil spirit went where the 
Spirit of God had been, and the Spirit of God went upon David. David then operated in the anointing of the Lord. David then operated in the favor of the Lord. Saul, who at one time prophesied, he came into the company of the prophets, and the prophets were prophesying, and the Spirit of God came upon Saul, and Saul prophesied, and there went out a proverb among Israel saying, is Saul also among the prophets? Saul had prophesied. Saul was anointed of God, but when he departed from the faith, the Spirit of God left him, and an evil spirit entered to torment him. And it got so bad that Saul, who once could hear the voice of God, but had been cut off from it, now to have some kind of a spiritual enlightenment, he started seeking forward in the witch's house. So you be careful of, 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 of the of the anointing that you tie into and you make sure that, that what you're listening to and what you're hearing, you make sure it is the pure and unadulterated gospel of Jesus the Christ. Hallelujah. Because it can be deceptive and send you down a path that is a very dangerous and destructive path. Oh, hallelujah. But the favor of God and the anointing of God uh, are... are they operate together, but don't mistake them for being the exact same thing. Many people can, can, can live and operate almost by memory what they experienced in the anointing and, and not have the favor of God upon their life. Psalm 5 and verse 12. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. Okay, the righteous is not just some figurative person. The righteous is Jesus. For thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous with favor. Wilt thou come past him, the righteous, Jesus, as with a shield. The favor of God shielded the man Christ Jesus and you see it when, you know how many times they tried to crucify him and kill him before it was time? They couldn't do it until it was time. He ministered and they would rush in and try to kill him and Jesus would escape out of their, out of their midst. They many times tried to kill him. They took, they took counsel together to try to kill Jesus before it was time. But when the favor of God God is upon somebody when the favor of God is upon somebody that favor compasses them as with a shield and nothing that is outside the will of God can enter their life if it enters their life the righteous the person who is baptized into Christ the person who is buried with Christ the person who is in Christ the person who abides in him and his words abide in them that individual ladies and gentlemen that righteous individual who is made righteous by the righteousness of Jesus Christ is within the will of God and nothing outside the will of God can affect them hallelujah a tree cannot fall on this building and take me out right now unless it's the will of God. If a tree is picked up by a tornado and brought through this roof and knocks me out and I'm gone on to glory, you can know that was the will of God. It was my time to go. Now, if I depart from the faith, then I become subject to time and chance which happeneth to all men. But as long as I am in the faith of Jesus Christ, my steps are ordered of the Lord. My steps are ordered of the Lord, and I don't have to fear what step to take next. God is ordering my steps. I'm trusting in him. I'm leaning upon his word. I'm dying daily. Lord, help me in Jesus' name. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm speaking of an ideal set of circumstances. You pray for me, I'll pray for you, and we'll all try to get to glory together. In Jesus' name, what I'm saying in an ideal set of circumstances, our steps are ordered of the Lord. We're dying daily. We're loving our neighbor as ourself. We're contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We're showing charity to all. Hallelujah. And what's happening is the favor of God is coming upon us like a shield. 
Hallelujah. You, you, you know, you're trying to figure out what to do. When you don't know what to do, here's what you do. You love mercy, you do justly, and you walk humbly before thy God. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know, I don't know what I should do. Love mercy, do justly, walk humbly before thy God. And what you're doing is you are walking in the favor of the Lord. Hallelujah. And that favor is like a shield and it allows the anointing of God to flow through you. Hallelujah. Too many people, too many people, too many saints of God believe that they have to have some sort of a pedigree to be considered anointed. All you have to have is the power from on high. That is the anointing of God. Hallelujah. I love the story Brother Terry Pugh told, and I'm coming to a close, but I love the story that Brother Terry Pugh told of the lady in his church who had multiple sclerosis, and it had crippled her badly, and she, she, was, she was struggling so bad for years with it. She was in the hospital, and one of the, one of the uh, good men of the church went and prayed for her, and uh, he was not a preacher, uh, but he, he was a good man of prayer, and he, he went in and he prayed for her, and, uh, and while he was while he was praying, the, the, the medical team came in, interrupted the prayer, and he, he kind of backed up and let them come in. And, and he, he said, I'll, I'll see you later, sister. And he, he left. And, and, uh, and she got out of the hospital and came to church, and she was in her, her wheelchair. And uh, she, wanted to, she wanted to talk to the pastor. But before she could talk to the pastor, this same man came back to her and said, I'm so glad to see you here, sister. And he said, you know, I was interrupted the other night in our time of prayer. I didn't get to finish my prayer. And he said, this, this is the conclusion of my prayer. Be thou healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And he walked away and she thanked him. And then she wanted to go talk to the pastor. She came, she wheeled herself up to the front of the church and the pastor was talking to somebody and didn't see her and the pastor was making an exit off of the platform and she didn't think she'd get a chance to talk to him. So she, without thinking, jumped up out of her wheelchair and called to him and she took two steps up onto the platform and, and, and was calling for him and then all of a sudden she realized she was walking and she hadn't walked for years. It started out walking, turned into dancing. Hallelujah. That good man, he wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a preacher. But he was an anointed vessel of the Most High God. I'm going to tell you, you've got to shed these labels and thinking that you're not this and you're not that. Yes, you are. You're anointed of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he hath anointed you. <laughs> Glory to God. When we talk about touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm, we're not just talking about the preachers. We're talking about the body. We are the anointed of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. And I want, I've just come by tonight to encourage you to don't take that anointing for granted. Don't depart from the faith. Don't cast it aside like Saul did. Don't go looking for some witchcraft. You don't need witchcraft. You don't need Hollywood. You don't need some kind of mysticism. You don't need some kind of self-enlightenment. You need the old-fashioned anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost. That's where our strength comes from. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, if you know God can use you to lay hands on the sick, lift up your hands and thank God for it. If you know that God can use your prayers to turn something around, lift up your voice and give God praise for it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, let's love the Lord right now. Let's love the Lord right now. Come on, let's clap our hands unto him and give him praise. Let's clap our hands and give him praise. Hallelujah. All across this house, let's stand to our feet in Jesus' name. I want to give you a praise report. Brother Orville Young just shared with me, been communicating with the family of Sister Judy Oxier. I want you to know while we prayed, just five minutes after we prayed, she started breathing again. She's all, things are, 
Things are in order. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to know that God has a way of confirming his word. God has a way of confirming his word. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you when the saints begin to pray for the Lord to have his way, the glory of the Lord will come down. Hallelujah. What is your need tonight? What is your need tonight? Don't you approach it. Don't you approach it like you don't have power. You do have power. You have the power of the mighty God living inside of you. Sometimes we approach this needs we have like we are who we used to be. We're not who we used to be. We are the children of the king. Hallelujah. We have the Holy Ghost on the inside. We have the blood of Jesus upon us in the name of the Lord. I want everybody right now in the name of Jesus to lift your need up before the Lord. Come on, lift your need up before the Lord right now. Lift your need up before the Lord and begin to call on his name. Call on his name. Call on his name. Hallelujah. Call on his name. Lord, I love you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I lift you up. I magnify your name. I glorify you, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, bring him something tough right now. Bring him that difficult thing. Bring him that difficult thing. That thing you've been praying about for a long time. Bring that to him. And say, God, I want you to move upon this situation. Lord, I want you to move upon this situation. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My grandfather, for years, there was a precious lady in his church, Calvary Tabernacle, Indianapolis. She would routinely submit her husband's name as a prayer request. And, and, and years went by. And ever so often, the ministers would say, well, it's been, it's been 10 months and we still got this name on our prayer request. Should we take it off for a little while? No, leave it on there, he would say. Leave it on there. Another 10 months, 12 months, years, 20 years passed. And that name never came off the prayer request list. And God filled him beautifully with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. I don't know what you've been praying 20 years for, but God sent me here tonight to tell you that he is in the miracle-working business. He's in the soul-saving business. Don't stop praying. Don't stop believing. Hallelujah. The favor of God is upon you as a shield. The anointing of God operates through you. There is power in your prayer. Hallelujah. If you need to submit your will, submit your will. If you need to repent, repent. If you need to forgive somebody, forgive somebody. But let the anointing of God flow in your life. Hallelujah. We're going to sing unto the Lord and we're going to call upon his name. All across this house, I want us to take a couple minutes here. And I want us to bring those needs to God. If you want to come forward, come forward. If you want to stand where you are. But right now in the name of the Lord, I want us to bring every need to God that we need him to move upon. Something that's weighing upon your spirit. Bring it to God right now in the name of Jesus. Bring it to God right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. He's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all, oh yes, I surrender.
down before the Lord. Lay it all down before the Lord right now. Lay it all down before the Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. been used of the Lord in times past and the devil is trying to tell you that those days are over and I, I do want to say that you have come through certain seasons you've come through certain trials in life but that doesn't mean your days of ministry are over it simply means that you have been repositioned you've been repositioned you have something now that you didn't have then. And God is going to use you if you'll let him. God is going to use you if you'll let him. God is going to anoint your words if you'll let him. You've got to let some things go. There are some things, those seasons, those trials, they were meant to refine you, not to define you. They were meant to purify you. But you're holding on to some things in them, some, some hurt, because they were painful. You've got to release that right now in the name of Jesus. You've got to release that right now in the name of Jesus. And say, God, I'm willing, I'm willing to decrease and let you increase. I'm willing to decrease and decrease and decrease and decrease until I am so fine, so finely decreased that you can pour me into the precious ointment. And I can be in unity with my brothers and my sisters. Hallelujah, and be used of God for the glory of your name. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, lift up that name. Lift up that name. Lift up that name. Come on, praise him right now. Praise him right now. Your days aren't over. Your greatest days are yet ahead of you. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. I surrender all. I surrender all. One more time, let's sing it unto the Lord. Let's love the Lord together. Let's love the Lord together. Bless his name. Bless his holy 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 name. Hallelujah. Bless his holy name. Come on, whatever we just surrendered, can we just give God praise? Can we give God praise for what just happened? Come on, give him praise for what just happened. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I can lay it down. I thank you that I can lay it down. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. If you're continuing to pray, please feel free to continue to pray. But if you need to go, God bless you in the name of Jesus. Find somebody. Show them the love of God. Let them know that you love them. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you in Jesus' name. God bless you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.